My name is Pastor Chidi Jacob, and uh, I'm here this morning with a very few points of mine <laughs> to prove to you that God is here. Somebody say amen. Let me hear you say a louder amen. Did you hear what I said? I said God is where? God is where? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something, guys. Look up. Just look up. Don't let no man confuse you with or bamboozle you with things. God has already explained himself. It takes only a confused theologians to confuse those who want to be confused. The way God has sought, solved most, the way humanity have advanced, or the way God has solved man's problem, is to open their eyes. Did you know that there was a time when Twins were an abomination. Did you know that? Huh? How many of you read that? Twins was abomination. They say twins is evil. And they were killed. Hmm? Not only in Africa. They say twins are evil. They were either thrown in the evil forest or they were sacrificed to the gods. Does that sound weird to you now? Huh? It sounds like, man, they must be crazy, right? But then, it was the belief of everyone. It was the belief of everyone. So how did God solve that problem? Did the angel come from heaven to stop it? No. Man's eye opened uh, wider. They said, no, this is a blessing. Today, people are, hey, people are praying and fasting for twins. Is that true? Then it was an abomination including in some parts of Nigeria. They were evil. How did they become evil? Was it God that made them evil? Because man was blind. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? I'm trying to lay a foundation so you can follow. So you understand why truth is the way forward. That the way God moves us forward is to continue to open our eyes. Let me ask you this question. Did God have to intervene in any other way? Maybe change them from being evil to good? Did God have to do any other thing? No, it was because man can't get sense. Today, if somebody is conceived of it, somebody gives birth to twins, it's a blessing, double blessing. Then it was evil. It was evil. And I don't think medicine had advanced to the point that you can check what you were having. You probably didn't know. Only to go there, one come out, and another one come out. Then everything changes. Think about how that controlled humanity. Think about how much we lost as humans. Is there anybody who is twin here? That is, we have twin. Oh, you are twin? See? Look at our beautiful sister. See, evil for this. <laughs> you see? You see what I mean? So, the only way God advances man is to open our eyes. Open our eyes. And, okay. Okay. Did you know that just some four, five hundred years ago here, or three hundred years ago here, that they used to capture human beings and set them like good? Is that true? Bro, stand up. Come, come, come. Quickly, run, run, run. Run, run, quickly, quickly, quickly. Quickly. This man would have been a very good product. <laughs> as tall as he is. <laughs> eh? 
just think. I want listen. Just listen to me this morning. We're trying to make sense, right? Make sense. Because if you don't understand where we are coming from, you can't understand where we are going to. Don't let any man bamboozle you. Don't let any man confuse you. Imagine that this man who is a blessing, right? We will have to continue to hide him. Because otherwise they will capture him. Right? And do everything possible to orient him and ship him from here to either somewhere in South America or somewhere in the Caribbean or somewhere where a human being we use him. God forbid. That cannot happen now. So calm down, bro. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> eh? Where a human being will purchase you as a human being. In fact, now, dogs have more rights than humans that time. Is that true? That man who purchases you has the right to do what I'm talking about. Government gives him right to do whatever he feels like he wants to do with you. No questions asked. If he wakes up in the morning and he says you're making too much noise, I want to cut off your hand. Nobody will ask questions. How did that stop? Did God jump down from heaven to come and stop it? It was men who began to say, there is something wrong with this. And they were in the minority. Because not only the government sanctioned it, even the church of them sanctioned it. Men said, no, it is not good that because of a man's color, the man should become a property. Look up here. Some of you should take some time. Go and read some. I'm sure you do, right? Read some of these things so you know where you're coming from. Man continued that evil for more than 500 years until human beings started saying, wait to something is wrong with this thing. Something is wrong. They said, no, nothing is wrong with it. And so, I'm, I wanted to present these facts. The Bible is not disconnected from reality. Because what I have been trying to help you by the Spirit of God here is to open your eyes so that you can see where we are going to. Are you with me so far? Let's put our hands together for our brother, our gentle giant. Nobody, they carry you go anywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. Imagine that. Imagine living your life that way. Right? People say there are problems today. I say, calm down. There are problems. But think where we are coming from. The economic plan of nations was to invade other nations and capture them. As you are in Abuja now, some other kingdom will come here, invade the territory, kill everything, burn everything, carry the women and the children. The men who are stronger, they will carry them as slaves. That's what the world used to be. Now, man have not changed because they are still doing, doing the same thing today, but in another form. It's economic slavery. Right? So, why am I saying all these things? There's a way man cannot progress more than he can see. No, man cannot progress more than he can see. For man to progress to the next level, he must see something new. Somebody say amen. Listen, I've been sharing with you here that the glory is here. Somebody say loud amen. Come on, let me hear you say the glory is here. Now say it like you are here. The glory is here. And I want to move you forward today to tell you that God is here. When we say the glory is here, don't forget we are saying that God is here. Everything God is. The glory of God is everything God is. His splendor, his majesty, his kindness, his true nature. Now, I have just, I started from history. Let me go back to biblical doctrine. Let me go back to biblical doctrine. Because for something to be true, 
in the scripture. Hear me out very well. And this is where a lot of people miss it. For the fact that something is written in the scripture, one line somewhere, does not make it truth actually. For it to be truth, for, for us to consider something a truth, a sound doctrine, that thing must be in the law, in the prophets, in the Psalms, in the gospel, and explained in the epistles. Hear me out. For something to be sound biblical doctrine. You know why? Because God does not change. What he said from the beginning is what he continues to say across the scriptures. God is consistent. And that's one way to guide against error. L let me show you an example. Uh, Ruth, can you give me Luke? Um, I didn't give you the scriptures. Luke chapter 24, verse 27. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. That even with Christ, it had to be that way. Don't forget, I started from historical context. We are going to biblical context. And then we come back to where we are today. Notice that carefully. Luke, okay, no, Luke 24 verse 27 if i'm correct luke 24 the gospel according to dr luke okay now everybody please read with me as loud as you can one to go then he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself wait how did he do it what he's saying is that jesus carefully unveiled to his disciples revelation about himself but how did he do it now throughout where throughout where so for jesus to unveil himself to them he didn't do magic for them he went back to the written scripture to unveil himself now how did he do it let's continue he started from the beginning and explained the writings of Moses. Somebody say explained. Let me hear you say explained. So that means the writings require explanation. Are you with me so far? Remember I told you the biggest challenge we have is that people take the scripture and they read it literally. Jesus had to explain to them the meaning of what they were reading. Now, why did he say he started at the beginning and explain the writings of Moses. When you hear Moses, what is the Bible talking about? The law, right? So, he began from the law, the writings of Moses, and the, the what? Prophet. So, he went from the law and to the prophets. Now, what did he show them? Showing how they wrote of him and revealed the truth about himself. This is the pattern we follow in biblical doctrine. For something to be truth. Jesus is truth. And to show them that he is the truth. He had to follow the same pattern. He went to the law. The writings of Moses. And he explained to them. What they were reading. That this thing they were reading was about him. After he was done. With the writings of Moses. So for example. When Jesus came to where. God said to Adam. That the seed of the woman will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Jesus will tell them, that is me. I am the seed. Is that making sense to you? When it comes to the story of Noah, and remember when you read the story of Noah, you're reading the story of the ark. Jesus will say, no, the story is not about the ark. 
The story was a metaphor about me to show you that whoever comes into me is saved. Just as everybody who entered inside the ark were saved. Right? And the same way the ark came out from the water and then a dove stood on top of that ark. That is also how when I will come out or God, they had seen that. When I came out, he will tell them, remember, remember, that when I came out from the water of baptism, the water of death, a dove sat upon my head, signifying a new life. So, in their mind, they'll be like, oh, so, these stories will be reading, now makes sense. They knew the story about Abraham. How Abraham, they have told those stories thousands of years, how Abraham took Isaac to go and sacrifice and then God said, hmm, well, okay, don't worry. I'll provide myself a lamb, right, for the sacrifice. Jesus will say, and the Bible said, when Abraham looked up, he saw a lamb, a ram, caught by the ticket in the bush. Jesus will say, well, that was God telling humanity that your effort cannot save you. Your sacrifice cannot save you. Only myself, God, can provide myself a sacrifice. They go to the story of Joseph. But they have read the story of Joseph. So I'm telling you this thing, friend. When a man is reading the Bible to you, literally, without interpretation there, how did we come up with the idea of, you know, so, so you're Isaac? Because look at the difference in the story. Those who read it literally, we turn it to a literal act. But they can't get the meaning. When it comes to Joseph, he will tell them, oh, okay, the story about Joseph, you remember, remember now, he will tell them, remember, 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 that the same way God loved Joseph, his father loved him, is the same way my father lost me, the same way that Joseph's brothers, right, betrayed him to the hand of the, um, of, of the Egyptians, foreigners, the same way my brother, you, the Jews, betrayed me into the hand of foreigners, the Romans, and the same way Joseph was accused for something he didn't do, he will tell them, but you were there when I was accused of something that I didn't do, to the point that Pilate himself said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Accused wrongly. And the same way Joseph was committed to prison of death, is the same way you were there, I was committed to death, but at the same way Joseph rose, so I too rose from the dead. He explains these things to them. And that's when their faith caught fire. They now realize that this Jesus was just not the carpenter's son. He was God in the flesh. Somebody say very loud, amen. May you come to that understanding in the name of Jesus. He will say to them, they will ask him, what about Jonah? What's the meaning of Jonah? Say, well, remember, Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and he was vomited. So, do you remember, I was in the ground for three days and rose from the dead. In fact, did you know that the book, they call romantic book in the Bible. Which one is that? Sons of Solomon's. About man's, woman's breast, this and that. Those who don't have sense will be seen looking at breast. They say, no, it's a romantic book. You don't know what you're talking about. When you break it down, it's the story about uh, Christ. All of it. That's how we know that it's true. Because it's not a page in the Bible. It's not a verse in the Bible. It's the whole scripture. So that's what Jesus did to them to help him. The Bible said he carefully unveiled them to them. The revelation of himself. Look up here. They had seen him physically. But yet he was still not revealed to them. These were his disciples. 
They have seen him physically. Krokro eye. They ate with him. But they still didn't know him. It's something today. Believers call Jesus. Worship him. Write songs about his name. But they don't really know who he is. That is why, they, that's why explanation is uh, necessary. That when the eyes, for example, we come to tell you, when you say, when you hear the son of God, don't think about somebody speaking. Think that the son of God is how God is made visible. The visibility of God. That the way God has explained himself is in the manifestation of a son. So when you hear son, you don't think about a man who gave birth. You think about how God is made visible. Is that, does that make sense to anybody here? Are you sure? All right. So, now, I have said this this morning. I just, everything I have said is to lay a foundation to tell you that for something to be biblical truth, it has to follow the same pattern. And I've been telling you that God is here. The glory of God is here. Stop looking for God on a mountain. I have explained to this to you, even though I try to be theatrical about it, but it's true. You will, some of you will have more faith if you saw something with seven heads. You have more faith. Because your idea of God is fetish. You have more faith if you saw smoke. As we get out here, brrr, smoke just came up. Hmm. You see, that's how Dibia deceives them, right? Because if you go to Dibia, there must be some something dramatic. Why is, that, why is that dramatic necessary? It's to convict you. Yeah, of course. It's to convince you. You see, with their head looking like this. Right? It's to convince you. Why does the magician, when a magician stands in front of you, did you know that most of the other stuff he's doing is to take your eyes away? You know that, right? Yeah, you didn't know that. Most of other things he's doing, do his hand like this, do like this, is just to convince so that you don't really get to see what is going on. And unfortunately, because man has lost so much of his glory, He's driven by the eyes. That is the problem of man. Because we are driven by the eyes. The eyes I'm talking about is this one. But you know that this one is so short-sighted. Man will become greater when he's, when he's able to see from his spirit. That means he can close his eyes and see well. He can close his eyes and see well. So, why are people doubting what you are saying? Because with their crocodile eye, they are waiting for God that will jump down from the sky. That is why today, you see those dramatic things on Facebook. They say, well, there's a man walking in the cloud. Oh, Jesus is about to come. <laughs> oh, they come up with all kinds of stories. Let me hear you say, the glory is here. Come on louder, the glory is here. Okay, so now, Ezekiel 37. I read this scripture during the week, so let me explain it a little bit. This is my message for the day, so pay close attention. Ezekiel chapter 37. I know it's not in TPT, so you got to look for something else. Ezekiel 37, 24. Let's start from 24. The book of Ezekiel. And uh, all right, now look up here. This prophecy is in Jeremiah. This prophecy is also in Leviticus. Leviticus means it's in the writing of Moses. Jeremiah means it's in the prophet. Ezekiel means it's in the prophet as well. Right? In fact, it's also in the Psalms. 
right so what i'm doing this morning is a pattern of jesus going through the scriptures to show you that god is here one more time let me hear you say god is here you're not saying it like you're sure god is here Oga, until you understand that god is here you will continue to look for the one on top of the mountain that's just the truth i started this morning by giving you examples of how humanity have advanced humanity advanced because they understood more and for us to move further for man itself to move further in his development man must be advanced and the way to advance man is to make a natural man become a supernatural man. Somebody say a very loud amen. Make a natural man become what? A supernatural man. What is the difference between a natural man and a supernatural man? It's what I told you now. It's not that he's shaking. It's that the natural man, every decision the natural man does, takes, comes from his five senses. That's the difference. Every is what his eyes can see. What he can hear, touch, feel. How many of you know that that's very limiting? How many of you know that? Yeah, that's very limiting. Man can achieve a lot, but we can achieve more because not only can we see physically, but our God's eye can also see. And let me preempt myself. As we are shouting the kingdom, the kingdom. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is manifested. Because the God that is in us is coming out more and uh, more. Don't let any man deceive you. The more the God in us comes out more. The more the God in us rules our life more. The more our choices are driven by what we have on the inside. Not what our physical eye sees. The more we live by conviction. You are convinced of this fact. That you and God are now one. You are the son of God. That's the conviction that lives your life. Then the kingdom is here. Somebody say amen. So look at this. This is a prophecy by prophet Ezekiel. Again, it's in Jeremiah. Again, it's in Leviticus. David, my servant, shall be king over them. And they shall all have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgment and observe my statues and do them so when you read it physically what comes to your mind is the story of david isn't it too that's what you think about right because it mentioned him by name david my servant quickly if i ask you to interpret this before i read further if i ask you to interpret it with respect to what i have been teaching you how will you interpret this first line what will you look for Hmm? What will you look for? If you hear David, my servant, what should you think about? Hmm? What should you think about? Hmm? Servant, what should you think about? Somebody else. Mama, good to see you. How are you? You're welcome. Right? What will you think about? When you first hear David, my servant, what will you think about? What should you think about? Eh? You should think about what? Why should you think about Christ? Huh? Quick, quick, quick. Now, time they go. Don't waste my time. It's, uh, <laughs> Why will you think about Christ? Come on. Somebody explain that to me. Why will you think about Christ? Huh? Don't, it's not after you come to the office and say, Pastor, that you were saying that time. Say it now. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
When you hear David, you don't think about the man David. You think about what David represents. Because it's a metaphor. Even though he's a physical man, right? But he stood for something. God was using him to write something. So when you hear David, you don't think about the young man that killed Goliath. You think about what David represents. And of course, if you read the TPT, right? If you read this in other translations, it will tell you this. That this kingdom is supposed to last forever. And you know that David as a man never lasted forever. Is that true? But what he represents, which is Christ. Because Christ is the son of David. I hope you know that. In fact, he was called in prophecy. He was called the offshoot, the root of David. So that's what you think about. So now, put that at the back of your mind. That whatever David represents will be king over them. How? Forever. And then they shall have one shepherd. Somebody say one shepherd. Alright. And then they shall all walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Next line. The question you will ask yourself as we read this. You know, people are used to coming to come to church. Eh? Everything pastor is preaching is about their problem. <laughs> Everything pastor is preaching is about their problem. Say, there's somebody here. You finish school. You couldn't get work. That's almost everybody. And so, the, today's message is 15 fundamental ways on how to get a strategy job. <laughs> and people will bring out their book and start to write. But, the question is, yeah, some of those steps will work. But let me tell you what the difference is. God's interest has always been to build who? To build who? The man if the man is good, the man will produce well. Is that true? Job is a fruit. Business is a fruit. Good marriage is a fruit. Bad marriage is also... Uh -huh. I've explained over and over again. I'm just using that as an example. There is nothing wrong about marriage. Is that true? Is that true? There's no spirit of marriage. Do you need me to say that again? You know, the African man, everything is spirit. Spirit of unemployment. <laughs> a friend of mine who lives in the U.S. now said when he finished school, he couldn't get a job. And they sent him to pray somewhere. When he got there, they told him that the reason he doesn't have a job is because Satan has worn him the shoe of go slow. No, I kid you not. Patrick... Maryland, Patrick in Maryland. And when you see him, ask him this story. He will tell you. Patrick will tell you. Say they have one. So they, they needed to deliver him. He needs to go and come back for them to arrange deliverance for him. Look up here. Imagine you going home to your house thinking that you are wearing the shoe of God's slow. <laughs> Imagine you trying to sleep that night because <laughs> sleeping that night thinking, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something that does not exist becomes reality because they have impressed it in your spirit. And then he came there the other time. They asked that shoe of Goslo will remove you, will remove you, will remove you. If there's Goslo, Goslo is in the man's spirit. What do I mean? It's a function of how he's been conditioned to think. And so when you come to church, church, rather than reforming the man, 
we focus our attention on trying to solve their outside problems. And so church became a center for miracles. Miracle job. God will suspend heaven and earth to give you a job. God does not need to suspend heaven and earth to give you a job, my friend. Am I making sense to you this morning? Or should I revert to that style? I know how to do that style, though. At least, at least not go so more seed. Huh? No, sir. God, do, you know one thing, they, one of, before I came into ministry, one of the things God did for me was to separate me from this environment, right, to show me how things really supposed to work. God does not need to suspend heaven and earth to give you job. Job? No. When a man realizes, comes to his reality, right, he cannot be jobless. Quote me anywhere. If there is no job, he will create one. Are you with me here this morning? I said, if that man finds himself where there is absolutely no job, he will create one. Not only will he create for himself, he will create for other people. Rather than all sit down, look at what is going on here. Just look at, look up. Sometimes, eh, all I ask people is to look up. Don't think like um, group think. Follow them, think. Just separate yourself and look at what you're doing, where you're going, where you've been coming from, what is going on. You'll find out that what you don't have a problem with God. What you're doing is that they said that this is the road to success and you two join them without asking questions. Without asking questions. I have had to sit a lot of young people down and try to counsel them about education in this country. I said, for example, right? Remember what I said this morning. Man cannot advise, advance beyond what his eyes is able to see. Is that true? Yes. For example, in this country, they came and they told you that, well, they, in fact, when you open up your eyes, what do you, and you want to advance in life, what do you think about? The first thing you think about is what? Luxury school, primary school, secondary school, university, get a degree. Abi, is it not so? Look up now. Is it not so? If you are not following that path, sometimes don't you feel like you have been left out? But alas, your uncles that finished seven years ago, they are still looking for work. You didn't think that, hmm, maybe, no, this way is okay. Perhaps there's another way. And then when you finish two, three years, we're still praying for you to get a job. Now God has to come down. We now have to hold God and drag him down just to him, for him to create a job of 75,000 naira for you. Come on, guys. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And this is what the crowd follows. They say, this church, eh? Our speciality is job. If you come here and fast seven days, you'll get a job. No, sir. Because I know that we can do better than that. Somebody say a loud amen. Listen, pastor, are you saying those things are wrong? No. Don't forget what I told you. But you cannot advance beyond what you have been delighted that you have been able to see. Otherwise, you will be like every other human being. Where they get stuck, you too will get uh, stuck. What they call miracle becomes your own miracle. 
until you see, you say, no, 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 this one should be normal. It shouldn't be a miracle. Let's look for higher things to be miracle. Are you hearing me this morning? I hope I'm talking to somebody here this morning. I asked young people, I said, okay, tell me, tell me, what do you think about education? First, since I'm talking about it, I'm off where I'm going to bother. I think that somebody needs to hear this because why people don't benefit from the truth is that they have been so much bamboozled with confusion that rather than look up, they are bent down looking for answers. No, but you won't see the answer until you look up. Ask somebody. If you are trying to become a professional, like you want to be a medical doctor, you want to... Oh, I was watching a video yesterday. One young man, um, I think he's 19. He's 19. Um, from the time he was 16, he started uh, playing around with his phone and stuff like that. And, and he has made over $200,000. Um, here in Nigeria, it's not in America. Over two hundred thousand dollars doing all those small small things they do on uh, affiliate marketing, all those small small things. But how did he start? He was supposed to go become a doctor, right? He was trying to get into school, but because he had to take Waeg, do all that jump thing. So in the process of waiting, that's why I tell people here in this country, you see a young person waiting for admission for three years for what? Is it a career? What do you do? I'm waiting for admission. Is that a career? In the process of waiting, he started playing around with his phone. And figured out. And that's what I tell people. There are so many things to do. So many things to do. Only that a lot of people are not patient for it to produce. You try this one, try this one. They say, why? Because you are trying to follow everybody. If you hear that somebody made $200,000 now, you say, after service, you go, what exactly was the boy doing? And if I tell you, but notice the difference. Ask yourself, why will he remain consistent doing the same thing over and over again? You will do it two times. And then the money doesn't come. <laughs> Look up here. There are opportunities in this country. Are you hearing me? And so they now ask him, now that he's making money, $200,000, they ask him, are you still going to study medicine? He said, for what? So initially, it wasn't as if you wanted to study medicine, but you think that would be a good place to survive. And people who get into careers that way, they hardly excel beyond the average in that career because they are just there to make ends meet. They hardly excel in those careers. They can become doctors. So what am I saying to you? Listen, God has given us the ability to think beyond. Somebody say a very loud amen. amen. I remember telling one of our sisters here, okay, you know, let's just listen to me. And maybe I should, I should break down these things, man. Look, I remember telling one sister here, I said, you know, get papa where they pay for your school fees. You know, get mama where they pay for your school fees. Your uncles, are not ready to pay for your school fees. But they are forcing you to get admission to go to University of Ibadan. How are you going to pay for the fees? And it's not that you are going to study to become an architect. But if you want to do an architect, maybe you need to do masters. Abi, how do they do? Yes. Now, if that's your path, I understand. Or perhaps you have father and mother or brothers who is somewhere rolling, bankrolling your education. I understand. But there are many people who are self-sustaining. 
I said, well, if you are not going to be a doctor, you are not going to be an architect. For you, you already know that school is just an icing on the cake. That means you just want to be expand your knowledge. And by the way, there's many ways to expand knowledge there. Pastor, are you saying, if you are listening to what I'm saying, and you are hearing that pastor is saying you shouldn't go to school, did you miss my point? You missed my point. What I'm telling you is to think. Use the wisdom God has given you and stop following grandpapa line. Because if you follow the line, where they go stuck, you're going to get stuck there. And then you come and start asking me, Pastor, when are we going to organize miracle service for job? What I'm telling you is to use what God has already given to you. I was telling this sister, go. You want to learn sewing, fine. Go there, learn how to sew, and be doing open university at the same time so that you are balanced. You are learning a skill and you are getting a certificate. The uncle said no. They said no. They said no. Open university. Is that school? The man didn't go to anyone at all at all. Say no. So that you can sustain yourself. You are working, getting a skill to sustain yourself while you go to get an education. And by the way, there are many ways to get a degree now because of internet. There are so many international schools where you can get a bachelor's degree. But you are here praying. Every spirit of jambo. I cancel you. I ban you. Don't worry. Keep binding jambo. Touch your neighbor and say, look up, look up. Tell somebody, look up, look up, look up. And what I'm telling you is in everything. So now, but why is it that? What is the problem? Why did I come back here? But because you don't see light in you, you simply follow what everybody's uh, doing. You gotta see light. When a man sees better than others see, he can advance better than others are advancing. That's why I began to tell you. So when you come here, I don't start to teach you demons of unemployment. Uh -uh. I tell you that God is in you. The one who created the heavens and earth has made his home in you. That means you are together with him. As creative as he is, so you are. And praying, when I finish preaching, I keep praying and believing that that will light up in you. Then you will know that even if there are demons on unemployment, you have no business with them. Which one will I buy now? Unemployment, house rent, uh, whichever one. Can't you? Come on, man. Let's get sense about these things and stop. Anyway, it is good because it's commercially viable. That's why people keep doing those things. The same people over and over again. Now, when you have tried all this, it doesn't work. Uh -huh. Now we face village people. Some of those pastors are even getting tired now. One was saying on, on TV. Another man was talking to him. Another pastor was talking to him about these things. He said, man of God, is true. He said, did you know that there are some people we have prayed, 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 prayed. The witch in their village have died. We have prayed, prayed, prayed. Even their uncles have died. But still, they have not changed. I said, oh, you thought it was the stuff you were talking about. I'm saying these things. So, why is it that the world does not affect people majorly? It's because they don't know 
that the interest of God has always been to fix you, the man. If you are fixed, your marriage is automatically fixed. That's why I tell people, say somebody needs marriage counseling. That's okay, it's okay. Don't forget. I'm not against that. I'm not against that. Only that most times, when people sit you down, it's their own experience that they're trying to impact you. What they think is good is what they're trying to impart onto you. And that's why I said we don't judge really. It's not really between good and bad. Because what you think is good for you might not be good for somebody else. Because their situation is different. The way they do things is different. Right? The way they do things is different. So these rules you are trying to make, it must be like this. And that rule does not fit everybody. And most times, I was talking to somebody this week, most times when people come to settle you, they don't want to leave. Make it no come like say they try. They don't get you settled. They want to leave believing that they are the ones who settled your problem. At the end of it, they don't address the issue. They address the relationship. They, are, they don't address the cause of the problem. They address the relationship. They say, hey, it's okay now. The Bible says we should just forgive. Let us just forgive and move on. We are children of God. Amen. Bless God. Hallelujah. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. No. The reason they are fighting is because the man has low self-esteem. So everything is a problem. The matter not even mentioned, addressed at all at all. Some men are afraid of their wives. How will <laughs> and you are telling me eh, just just hug each other, just hug each other. We are brothers in the Lord. Eh, 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 I did. <laughs> I didn't say you're not brothers. I'm telling you that except if the man's self-esteem improves, the problem is coming back. If he doesn't come back in this way, he will come back in another way. Then when they have tried and can't solve the problem, they say it's demonic. God's business. So when you hear the word of God, the truth word of God, it's never about your problems. It should fire you up from where? Within. Breaks down your limitation. A man comes to church. We tell him over and over, you are one with God, as God is. That is how you are. Anything that's not in God is not in you. And then, now jealousy, they worry the man. Now jealousy, they worry the man. He goes home one day saying, what is not in God is not in me. And the Holy Spirit says, what about this other one? Suddenly, the man is distancing himself from what is holding him down. I have said it over and over again. And, and that's why, sorry, I don't spend my time dealing with some certain issues now. Because I realize where the problem eh, is. So, when people are telling me, I was in a place, they were telling me, this couple, this one happened, I said to the person, look, leave this matter. Leave this matter you are talking about. Leave this matter. That's not where the problem is. The man said like this. Me, I said like this. Those ones are the symptoms. The virus is where? Inside. A man says, please, can you give me water? You say, ah, I don't tire today. And he wants to take his head off. Why is that? You say, I know that kind of anger, eh? he must be coming from the village. <laughs> no, the man is already angry. <laughs> Am I making sense to anybody here this day? Are you sure? Are you learning something? And so when you come to church, we're telling you about you. 
that's where you should pay attention. Because if you is adjusted, the things you do will be adjusted. If a light comes in you, boom, that light leaves out from you. It dispels darkness. It removes limitations. And like I've said over and over, you don't have to wrestle to bear forth the fruit. Amen and amen. Alright, let me tidy up the scripture and we close from here. Now watch this. Next line. Next line. Okay. Then, then they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob. Again, when you see Jacob, you don't think about a man called Jacob. You think what Jacob represents. And Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt, and they shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children forever. Now, there are people who are still fighting for this physical land because of these kind of promises. They say, God said we will dwell here forever. So, even if it means war, we will fight to dwell here forever. You see the point? But this is a metaphor. He says they will dwell there forever. And my servant David shall be their prince. How long? Is David dead? Can a dead man be prince forever? But what he represents, the prince of peace, the Bible says his kingdom does not come to an end. I'm trying to show you this morning how to read the scriptures. I'm trying to show you this morning how what I say to you, most times I may not come here and start to treat the scriptures like I'm treating now, but we have to follow Jesus' own pattern. For something to be truth, it has to be in the law, in the prophet, in the Psalms, and everywhere. Now, so look at that very carefully. Next line, next line, next line. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace. Let me hear you say covenant of peace. Oh, come and shout it, covenant of peace. Remember, God says, I will make a covenant of peace with them, not a covenant of war. And it shall be an everlasting covenant. What does everlasting mean? What does everlasting mean? So, you know the change. God who said he's making an everlasting covenant with them. Did he know that there are times when they will not feel like they have a covenant? Whether you feel like you have the covenant or not, is it still there? God says, I will make and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them and I will set my sanctuary, that is my abode, that is my heaven, that is my place of dwelling, I will set it where? In their midst. How long? How long? Did I write this? Okay. Give me the next line. If there's a next line there. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Don't forget, this same prophecy was repeated by Jeremiah. This is also in Leviticus. Now, because of time, let me show you where brother Paul interpreted this prophecy, right? In the epistle, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 6 verse 19. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. I am happy that today I dwell in an everlasting covenant. And that covenant is the covenant of uh, peace. Remember, the peace here is not the peace you know. The peace in, in Hebrew is shalom. That means completeness, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing 
broken. So when you greet a Jewish man, they say, Shalom, peace be unto you. What they are saying is that wholeness, complete wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's the everlasting covenant I have with my father. You see, that's why I said to people, when this kind of light comes into your spirit, suddenly you are becoming stronger. Because you know you have an everlasting covenant with your father. Not that, let me tell you, let me explain something to you. This covenant is a covenant God himself established with himself. It's not between man and God. Because each time God did a covenant with man and God, man broke his part. This covenant, remember what he's talking about here, is the sacrifice of Jesus. I hope that you know that's what he's talking about here, right? You know what makes this thing perfect? Is because you and I are beneficiaries of a work that is already completed. Oh, when a man lights up with these things on the inside, things begin to change. Second Corinthians, oh, sorry, First Corinthians six nineteen. Pardon me, First Corinthians six nineteen. I want to show you where Brother Paul was interpreting this. Is that is that it? Okay, no. So now let's read want to go or do you not know that your body is what the temple of what the holy spirit who lives where in you whom you have from who god and you are not your own next line i want to show you something remember the prophecy for you were bought with a price therefore glorify god where where in your body now go back up this first corinthians 6 19 Paul was quoting exactly, if you look at your scriptures, you will see that it has a footnote in many of the Bibles. If you click that footnote, you will see that Paul was quoting exactly Ezekiel 37, I think 24. 37, 27. Which is where he says, where God says, I will establish my, my tabernacle with them. I will be with them and they shall be my people. Now, the way brother Paul is reading that is this. He's reading it physically. He looks at them and said, don't you know that you are now the temple where God lives, which is the fulfillment of the prophecy that I just read to you, Jeremiah, Isaiah. First of all, I've explained this here before. Let me explain it one more time. The context in which Brother Paul was saying this was that the Corinthian believers, after they had received the Holy Ghost, after the manifestations of the Holy Ghost spread everywhere, they were still going to patronize temple prostitutes. They were still going to patronize temple prostitutes. This was just not an ordinary sex. This was worshipping in a temple that had a thousand prostitutes. The way they worship is that you go to the temple and you go and have sex. What a temple. And it was supposed to promote fertility. <laughs> 1,000 prostitutes. That's why today, eh, those who don't have a sense of history, when they see something, they say, the world is about to end. Though. I say, hey, no, you don't know where you're coming from. It was worse. It was worse. Thousand. Imagine in this Abuja, you have one temple. Uh, eh? A thousand prostitutes. Freezes. Ah, Pastor, why are you saying wow? <laughs> Did you know that we have so much advanced that governments will shut it down? Did you know that? 
Let me shut it down. But then it was normal. And these believers were used to doing it as men would relax. When we walk finish, we go there and go and go and hang out. Right? Hang out. They were still going there. Notice, look up here. Paul did not say to them, You are no longer a believer. Paul did not say to them, The Holy Ghost has left you. Paul did not say to them, You have lost your salvation. How did he cure them? He knows that they were going there because they are not yet, they don't have understanding of what they are now. That's why he says to them, Or do you not know that now you are now the temple where God lives? As he said by prophet Ezekiel and Jeremiah, that now God lives in you because you are the temple of God. You can no longer carry your body that is the temple of God and go and miss at such temples, he said to them. That's how he corrected them. Don't you know that now still is your body is not was still is the temple of the Holy Ghost because God as God has said he would do he has already done so God is here that means as you go into that temple you are carrying God into that temple he said to them I say God is here. Isn't that what I say today? Does that help you to understand what I'm saying? So God is so much here with them and in them that when they went there, they also carried God into that place. Because now they are the temple where God lives. But wait till, and still God did not fly away. He just told them, you don't know who you are. Look up here. It's like when you see a woman behave somehow. You see a married woman behave somehow. What's the best way to correct her? Eh? We tell her, ah, but you're a married woman now. Why do we say that? Why did we say that? Eh? Because there's, an, there's a behavior that's expected of a married woman, right? Say, no, 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 no. But talk like, talk like a man. But you, come on, man. Man up. Isn't that what we say? Man up. Maybe you have forgotten that you are a, a man. We tell you something. Oh, but man, but guy, you know, you, you behave responsibly. We didn't say no. A man is not a goat because he made a mistake. No, the man is still a man. He's just a man that has less sense. So what we do, we open his eyes so that he will see more. I began by telling you, a man cannot go beyond what he has seen. Neither can a man behave more than he has seen himself. It's simple. It's simple. This is a simple logic. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody who has value for his body does not throw it up and down. Is that true? Good. Sense value. That's what God, Paul is telling him, you are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God lives in you. You are a carrier of God. So if you are going there, you go there and lay your hands, the 1,000 people, they will run out and give their life to Jesus. Not to go and patronize them. That's not what you go. You go now because you carry a different light. See, until we start to bring believers to this reality, they will continue to worship a God on top of the mountain and remain unchanged. 
when a man starts to realize, imagine how much you will transform living in the consciousness at all times that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. No, go home think about that. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is where the that this is where God that God they say is holy, thrice holy, one billion times holy, more trillion times holy. That God lives where? In me. I am a carrier of God. I am the temple where God lives. Oh, friends, I have seen people throw away their lives because they don't have value for themselves. If you see a lady who has dignity, dignity for herself. The way she carries herself is different. Is that true? Is that true? Uh -huh. If you are not that lady, you can be that lady from this service. You can become from this service. Dignity. And notice carefully, notice carefully that what is inside of people is what comes out of them. Whether you speak worse or not, people will start to perceive that which you carry inside. People will start to perceive that. In fact, you will start to attract things that sees you as dignity. Friends, this is where the war is. Whether you will live your life in the flesh like every other person. Or you start to see the reality that if you don't have it on the inside, you cannot give it on the outside. I've said to you here over and over again, many of the people that have been carrying Bible alongside with us, they need to be they need to sit down and be taught the Bible again. Because what they know in their head is not what is where in their mind. It's not what is in their spirit. Because at the end of it all, we know that what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? No, what did Jesus say? He said, Look, what defies a man does not come from outside, inside. It comes from where? Inside where? Outside. So when we tell man to sit down and drink purity and drink life so that that life will come out, they are running up and down. No. If there's problem in the home, it is not the home. It is the two people who are in the home. And if you want to fix it, even if you like, move from here to Jamaica. The same thing will happen. The same thing will happen. The way to change it is to change the man. Are you being changed today? Are you sure you're being changed today? Look up here. When you want to speak to people, make sure that your words impart dignity to them. Make sure that you tell them over and over. Make sure that they leave you feeling dignified. Make sure that they leave you feeling that have a sense of worth. Sir, that's what the apostle did in order to cure their loss. He told them that they want more than that. You are now still is the temple where God lives. And to confirm it to them, he quoted Ezekiel. He said, remember he said, I will be in them. They will be my people and I will be their people. He said, that time has come because now the spirit of God lives where? Inside of you. Let me hear you say, God is here. Bow down your head. I say it one more time. God is here. I'm praying for you this morning. I'm praying for you this morning. That as you live, as you walk out of this place today, 
more than ever before more than ever before you will come to the reality of this truth that God is here and when we say God is here that is God is in you you will come to that absolute conclusion that what the prophet said what the law says what the psalmist says is now your reality that God is in you God is here even if the whole world has rejected you but God has not because if you open up now he will take his place in you if he has not already think about that God values you so much the God that you are trying to worship right the God that you are trying to worship the God that you are calling all kinds of names the God that you think is perfect and pure that God is in you that's where he lives may you go home with this consciousness may it dwell in your mind at all times may you never ever ever forget living here today knowing that the God of heaven and earth the holy God the thrice holy God in the midst of your imperfection lives in you and he's not going anywhere because the covenant you are working on is the covenant of peace may you live here today knowing that you have a covenant of peace with God you have a covenant of peace shalom nothing missing nothing broken that at all times his peace has been established may your heart accept that and that which your heart accepts start to flow in your homes in your family in the things that you do may you close your eyes today that your eyes may open to the riches to the opportunities that are everywhere may your eyes see them may your spirit attract them the doors that you need to, for your next level the doors that you need to really explode that you see them clearly in the name of Jesus we thank you precious father I give you the praise and glory and I pray for all my brothers and sisters here Lord that their spirit is lifted up higher to this truth that they are one with God you are one with us we are one with you whatever is in you is not this is in us whatever is absent in you is absent in us there's no shadow of darkness in you there's no shadow of darkness in me there's no sense of anger or judgment in you there's none in us thank you so much precious father we give you the praise and we give you the glory in jesus name we have prayed if you receive you say louder amen is jesus worthy to be celebrated this morning are you sure come on let's celebrate him let's stand to our feet let's stand to our feet